Hello, Dr. Dyke Drummond here at the home of TheHappyMD.com in beautiful Seattle, Washington. Welcome to the latest episode of the Physicians on Purpose podcast. Tools so you can recognize and prevent your own burnout. Stories of burnout put to its highest and best use and wellness leadership strategies. Everything you need to be a physician on purpose. Hello, this is Dr. Dyke Drummond at the home of The Happy MD in beautiful Seattle, Washington, with the latest edition of the Physicians on Purpose podcast. Pop podcast. This was going to be a little bit of a solo effort because what I want to do is just go through a very basic distinction that you must understand. I call it a myth about burnout. We're actually going to bust two myths today. A distinction you have to understand in order to be able to prevent burnout. Now, we talked previously about the symptoms of burnout exhaustion, cynical and sarcastic. What's the use? The question is, how do you prevent it? What can you do to prevent burnout in the first place? And one of the things that really trips people up is the inappropriate use of the word problem. And I can tell you definitively that burnout is fundamentally not a problem. Yes, it's a concern. It's an issue. It's something that you want to mitigate for, but it's not a problem because it doesn't meet the definition criteria for the word problem. Problem comes from mathematics. And a fundamental feature of a problem is that it has a solution. And what happens to a problem when you apply its solution? It goes away, right? So problem, the word and the concept come from mathematics. Let's just do a couple of quick examples. Two plus two is what? Yeah, it's four. And now that I've solved that problem, I can toss it over my shoulder and pick up a new problem. Eight plus eight is what? That's 16. Give me another problem. Solution to burnout is what? And that's when you're going to hesitate because it's not straightforward. It's not mathematical. And just to back check that, Do you believe there's one thing you can do one time and you never have to worry about burnout again? That's just ludicrous, isn't it? So clearly burnout's not a problem. And I can also say definitively as well that problems are actually very rare in clinical medicine. Doctors are not used to dealing with problems. But let's just look. And and let me give you a a living example, a problem, something that a patient brings to you and you can do one thing one time and take care of it. There's a number of different examples, but my favorite is a pointing abscess, a big boil with a big white head on it, nice and ripe, just like the ones that Dr. Pimple Popper takes care of every week on that television show. You know, it would be a whole different show if they actually had you the ability to smell what's going on there, wouldn't it? Those of us who are doctors understand exactly what that smells like. But hey, a pointing abscess, what is the solution? Yeah, incise and drain, IND, squeeze the pus out of it. And if you think about it, if you're a primary care doctor, especially, don't you just love boils, right? Because you walk in the room, you take care of the problem and you fix it. Because that's nothing like the typical primary care patient. They don't bring you problems you can solve. Your typical primary care patient is a 465-pound, out-of-control, type 2 diabetic. She's had one foot removed, both eyes lasered, and on the way in here through the parking lot, she had just a little bit of chest pain. And the frustrating thing for us family docs is that you can't solve any of those because none of her issues are actually problems. And burnout's not a problem either. 
They're both that patience issues and burnout are both lovely examples of dilemmas. And I'm going to define dilemma as a never-ending balancing act. Think about a child's teeter-totter, right? Burnout's like a teeter-totter when you think about energy levels. There's what you burn and there's what you recharge. And remember that in residency, nobody taught us how to take care of ourselves. We have terrible self-care habits. But what you're trying to do is to keep this teeter-totter balanced so your energy level is positive. Now, you can't apply a solution. There's no one-shot cure, one-shot fix, no snake oil, no magic potion. But what you can do is deploy a different S-word. The word's not solution. The word is, it's an S-word, S-T word, S-T-R word. The word is strategy. So you can maintain the energy balance that you seek by deploying a strategy. And the only real difference between a solution and a strategy is the number of components. A strategy has more than one tactic, more than one tool, more than one activity that you're going to pursue to strike this balance. Now, as a coach, when I'm meeting somebody for the first time and they're telling me about their struggles and their energy levels, I know they already have a strategy, although they haven't thought about that. And you have one too. Just think for a second. You can pause this audio if you'd like to maybe even journal a little bit about this. What do you do right now to maintain your energy levels? So for instance, what do you do at work to take a little break, get a little rest perhaps, right? What do you do at work, little tweaks that you do in your electronic medical record, your documentation, your templates? What do you do to preserve your energy and get your work done more efficiently at work right now? What's some of your special sauce? And what do you do at home in order to recuperate? to exercise, to get new nutrition, to have some fun in your time off? What's your current strategy? Maintain your energy balance because everybody has one. What I'll tell you right now though, and this is the backwards implementation of Einstein's insanity trap. If you don't like your current level of energy, you would have to change your actions in order to get a different energy balance. So that's what we typically do as a coach is I work with somebody who's out of balance, their energy is negative, right? They don't have the strategy right now to maintain a positive energy balance. We just switch in new tools one at a time, tiny baby steps to make it so you get home sooner from work and you build more life balance at home. But you have to remember, we aren't looking for a solution, the magic pill, the snake oil, the one thing that you do to solve burnout, the one ring that binds them all, right? What we're looking for is a small collection of three to five things that you change one at a time in order to improve your energy balance. Now, one of the things that's interesting is when you then switch from you building your own personal burnout prevention strategy to talking to leaders about having a burnout prevention strategy in the organization, the leaders of the organization will fall into this same problem trap. They're going to say, maybe you're going to be the wellness champion, right? Maybe you're going to do something about wellness and burnout prevention in your organization. The leader will say something like this, we need a solution to burnout. You're going to solve it, right, Dyke? And they have this magical thinking that you somehow are going to pull something out of somewhere, some one single magical tool that's been a mystery to everybody else so far that's going to take care of burnout in our organization. But that's an impossible task, right? So watch how this works. If you 
let's say one of the more popular programs to implement in the organization is a mindfulness program. And it works for people who will do it. But the challenge is whenever you launch something into an organization, what you'll find is only 15 or 20, 25%, maybe 30% of the people in the organization will pick up this tool that you've provided them and use it regularly. So for instance, if you start a mindfulness lunchtime session once a week, you'll find 15 or 20% of your people show up. If you start a running club at lunchtime where you you put a gym in the hospital next to the doctor's lounge or any one of a number of different things that you could do, you'll find 15 or 20% will adopt it. And if you think about, it's not a problem, it's a dilemma. We're talking about strategy. What it means is 15 or 20% of your people have adopted this activity as a piece of their burnout prevention strategy. It works for them. But what your boss, what your leader will say is 15 or 20%, well, that didn't work. That's a failure. And they'll want to throw out your program as having not solved the problem of burnout. And that's where I typically come in and say, whoa, wait a minute. And I explain to them what's happened is you've developed a perfectly acceptable strategy component for 15 or 20% of your people. And the biggest mistake you could make would be to trash that because 100% didn't benefit from it. But we have to let senior leaders know we're not, it's not a problem. We're looking to create a strategy. And anytime you can get 5, 10, 15, 20% of your people to adopt any individual activity, that's clearly a success. It's clearly a piece of a series of tools that you'll need to develop that people can take advantage of and incorporate into their own burnout prevention strategy. So one of the things you might want to do right now is when you're done here with this audio is sit down with a journal. I always recommend that you journal because it's impossible to journal from within your whirlwind. So get out a journal and write down what is your current, what are the things currently that appear to be your burnout prevention strategy, whether or not you consciously adopted them or not. What are the things you do to get home sooner and to ease the burden and to maintain your energy at work? What are the things that you do at home in your time off in order to recharge and balance your life? That's your strategy right now. Then the question is, how's it going? Another measurement I often ask people to make is on a scale of zero to 10, what's your level of satisfaction with your practice over the last couple of weeks? Take a breath and let your awareness go back over the last couple of weeks, zero to 10, what's your satisfaction score? And when you write down that number and look back at the number that you've given your satisfaction score, how does that number feel? With your strategy components documented and your current satisfaction level, what you can do is begin to plan how you might get a higher level of satisfaction, a higher energy level by tweaking your burnout prevention strategy. And that's basically what we do as a coach over a period of six to nine months with our coaching clients. So give up trying to solve burnout. Pick a tool, try it out. If it works, keep doing it and know that you'll need three or four things at work and home to help you maintain a positive energy balance over time. And at the website, thehappymd.com, and in these podcasts, I'll be relaying tools one at a time, two at a time things that we know work because of our coaching practice and the thousands of doctors that have tested them in the real world. Burnout's not a problem. It's a dilemma. 
You're not looking for a solution. You're looking for your own personal burnout prevention strategy. All the best in your search. Dyke Drummond, thehappymd.com is our home on the web. That's it for this podcast. Go ahead and listen to it again if you'd like to review the concepts, but please make sure that you journal afterwards. What's your strategy? What's your satisfaction? How are you doing? And put perhaps some conscious effort into building a better strategy if that's what you need right now. That's it for now. Keep breathing and have a great rest of your day.